Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, and I'm sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And of course, sitting right next to me yes. is Touchdown TD. Yes. Tom Dorian. How you doing? Doing great. That intro sounded like we were in Vegas, like a fight was getting ready to break out. No, no fights here at the Did Catholic it sound Cafe. Like that to you? No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. Stay. You know what? It's very interesting. I'm looking before you and before me, and I'm seeing nothing sitting in front of us. Nothing. Well, a glass of water. Yeah, what's up with that? Where are the donuts? Well, you know what? Uh, we're, we're, it's to, Lent. We're asking you to think fast. There you go. Today, think fast. All right. So we're going to talk about the concept of fasting. Okay. We've covered it before on this show, but I just, you know, it's a good thing to, to cover every once in a while to remind ourselves of the importance of the fast. Now, for a guy like you, Tom, fast <laughs> might mean like how quickly can you eat your donuts, you know? <laughs> but that's not... That's not what we're going to cover today. <laughs> it's our control composure. You can do this. There has to be a huge segment that listens to this and thinks, man, he is he is so mean to Dorian. I do this out of love. <laughs> this is all out of love, Dorian. Anyway, let's get back on topic. I'm sorry. I'm tickled. Let's talk about the fast. Yes. This is, this is the lost art for Catholics. I believe that. Well, you know, if you think about it, a lot of people will look at the concept of the fast in modern times, right, and they'll think, "Well, why do we fast? Yeah, what is what is the point point of it?" In fact, I know that I've even specifically at, at times in my life, when someone would ask me as an adult, you know, "What are you giving up as during Lent? What are you giving up?" Right. And as an adult Catholic, a lot after a while, I started going, "You know what? Giving something up like chocolate or you know candy or or or, or sodas or whatever, it's childish. It's kind of a childish thing." Yeah. And, you know, we're no longer children. We should put away childish right, things, exactly, right? Exactly. And, you know, later on in life, as I started to wise up a little bit, I started to realize there's actually something very profound just in that simple gesture. And that's why the church does ask us every Lent to, to consider the fast. Right. Now, we're going to go back and let's, before we even talk about fasting, let's talk about the importance of the Boy Scout motto. You know what the Boy Scout motto, motto is, right? How could you not know what that is? That's right. Be prepared. Exactly. Be prepared. So, And it's a great motto. Yeah. And it not only applies to things in the Boy Scouts, right, but it applies to your everyday life. Absolutely. Pretty much everything, whether it's yeah. business or social or you know, getting food on the table, taking care of your family, what, be prepared. Be I ready. I can't wait to hear how you connect this. Well, be prepared. <laughs> Well, I'm going to keep that, that, that motto, that Boy Scout motto, okay. is going to be kind of our running theme here. All right. And how are we prepared? And mm-hmm. I, re- I remember as I think about this, when I think about the concept of fasting, I always think about the ways of the world and the ways of God. Yep. And, and, and see that sometimes very uh, uh, that disparity between the two. Huge. Right? We know that in so many ways morally and all the, the, the things that the world will say would be good and, and our religion, our, our spiritual life tells us this is not good. Right. Right. Well, in the same way, our world will tell us the way that we prepare would be the appropriate way to prepare for something. And maybe it's not the best thing we can do. Think about going back. Let's go back to our school days. Okay. All right. We go back to our school days. and I'd got, rather not, but let's go. You've got that big <laughs> test on Monday morning. Exactly. Right? you got that big test. And so what does yeah. your, your mama do? What does she tell you Sunday night? 
You know, you need get, to study. Get some rest. Get get. Make sure you study. Right. Be prepared with the with the studying. Get the right. knowledge. Fill right. your head with every detail, with every possible. Read your book over and over again. Whatever. Right. Get the data in there. Right. Lock it in, and then get a good night's sleep. Exactly. Right. So you're not going to be all tired. Right. In the morning, and then when you get up, what does she give you? Oh, you're going to eat a great meal. Oh, big old breakfast. Right. She wants to make sure. And you know what? I know that the government always sent out those things saying the, the the kids perform better in school if they if they leave on a full stomach. Right. So eat breakfast. That right. was a big campaign. Yeah. So that's the way the world wants us to prepare for that big test. Absolutely. Well, let's look at another test. We'll, let's ask ourselves: Will 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 that work for us if we're going to have a spiritual test? Right. And that spiritual test might be the test that with the devil when when he tempts us. Right. In temptation, is that going to work? Right? If we're going to be tempted by the devil to prepare for that temptation, the world would tell us, well, you need to study up on the devil, right. read all your scriptures, find right. out all his wily ways, right? Look at his strategies, memorize them, know them so that you can react to them, and be, be prepared physically. In other words, be rested. Yeah. Right? Don't be really tired because when you're tired and bleary eyed you make bad decisions in your moral life all the time, right? Exactly. And so be rested mm-hmm. and then of course be have a full stomach. Right. And and that's what the world would tell us if we're gonna have that spiritual but that doesn't work. And and we have the best example because we have Jesus. He's that's the consummate right. teacher, right? He he yeah. he's our, our example yeah. for the way we deal with things. And and let's look at the Gospel of Matthew. Let's look at that. The beginning of the fourth chapter. Let's do it. And the temptation in the desert. And, and this tells us a lot. Do it. And just in the first line that mm-hmm. we're going to read, mm-hmm. that well, the first two lines, mm-hmm. we're going to hear a mouthful. We're going to hear a lot, and it's going to be packed in here. It says in uh, chapter four, verse one. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was hungry. I love that, by the way. <laughs> you know, these 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 were divinely inspired writers. <laughs> you think? Yeah. All right, Captain Obvious, St. Matthew, he exactly. was hungry. But, but he says he's hungry to make that point. Right. Okay, 40 days and 40 nights. And, and again, we want to stop and say 40 days and 40 nights. You know, we as Catholics whine about the two prescribed days of fasting in our church. Yeah. Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And they're and they're separate days. They're that's not right. in a row. <laughs> they're not that's right. right. They're not one after another. Right. Here Jesus fasts for forty days and forty nights. That's tough. Absolutely. But the interesting thing here in those two verses, we see how Jesus prepared for for his spiritual uh battle, for temptation with the devil. He he didn't he didn't load up on cars. Right. You know, he didn't get ready. He didn't go take a nice long nap. Yeah, he did the exact opposite of what the world would tell us to do. And that's exactly why right. we need to start to investigate what did Jesus do? Right. What And what should we do based on what Jesus did? Yeah. Well, he fasted. Yeah, maybe imitate him. He fasted. Yeah. And our church continues to ask us to fast. So yeah. we as Catholics have to start to think, well, what is, what's involved in that? Where is the power? Where is the, the grace? Where is the, the potential in the fast. Right. Right, because our logic would tell us that we're denying ourselves something. Right. And we're not building ourselves up. We're weakening ourselves. Yeah. That would be the first thing that, that we think of because we're not going to eat that food that's sitting before us. Right. Right. So when we look at that, when we look at the fast and the concept of the fast, mm-hmm. that's how Jesus prepared. 
That's how he prepared for that temptation. And there was a lot riding on that temptation, by the way. Yes. You know, if Jesus fell, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation yeah, whole, right now. The whole story would be different. Oh, it'd be a different story. Yeah. The devil would rule the world. That's true. But we know that couldn't happen, and that can't happen because Jesus is God. Right. He's not going to fall. But the fact is, he went through that temptation, yep. right, as a human. Exactly. Went through that, and we see in that this great example of how we need to deal with temptation. Yep. And let's look at the temptations of Jesus for just a sec. Okay. And see that also not only did Jesus get tempted, but we every day get tempted yeah. by these same things. Yeah. So Jesus fasts for 40 days and 40 nights. What's the first thing the devil did? What's the first thing he tempted him with? Hey, turn the stones into bread. That's right. Let's have some food. Yeah. You little hungry, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> Scripture says you're hungry. <laughs> I, yeah. I read the same thing you read. Matthew yeah. says you're hungry. You want some bread? Yeah. Sure would be good, wouldn't it? Been 40 days, 40 nights. Hadn't had anything yeah. to eat. Would you like some food? The devil goes right at Jesus's bodily needs, right? Right. Those sort of those almost animal inclinations to feed your body. Exactly. Right. So he goes right there, and the devil does the same thing to us. He goes after our animal inclinations. Yep. He goes right after the things that our body craves, our body desires. Yep. And for some, it may be food. For some, it may be it may be lust. Right. Right, So we look at those physical needs that we have, and sometimes they get blown out of proportion, and we no longer become the master of our domain. We give in to temptation, and we end up sinning yep. because we fall into that temptation because we're not prepared. Yeah. So Jesus said no to that temptation. We need to say no to the temptations that the devil will throw at us, especially those temptations, food, or the, the immediate needs we think we have in our body that will take over, especially the ones that are going to lead us into sin. Right. Right? Yep. yep. What was that second temptation? We look at the second temptation, and he was actually tempted by the devil. He was, he was taken up onto the parapet of the, the temple right. and said, throw yourself off this temple yep. because you're God. And if you're God, the angels certainly aren't going to let you hit the ground. Right. We'll come you, to your aid. You can presume upon the, the mercy and the love and the care of God. You can presume upon those angels being there. Right. Right. And so we are tempted with that sin of presumption. Yeah. All the time. Yep. Right? We are tempted with that idea that we can just assume that and presume God's going to forgive me for this, so yeah. I don't need to ask for forgiveness. Right. And I see, that's problematic. Yeah, that is. We don't want to ever presume. And the, the, the catechism calls that the sin of presumption. Yep. Because when we presume upon God, we no longer need him. We don't communicate with him. We don't talk to him. Yeah, we don't go, go to him for forgiveness. Well, imagine if you came home and just presumed that your dinner be laid out before you. That would not last long. Well, your mom's going to say, hold on. Gloria would have a problem with that, wouldn't she? She'd say, Tommy, don't you yeah. come in here thinking that this is all going to be sitting out here for you every night. Now, it is. Right. But once you start presuming on it, yeah. I guarantee that Gloria is going to shut it down. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> She's going to teach you a lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can't just presume upon that because it takes the value of the gift away. That's exactly right. Right. So we can't. That's a sin. Right, yep. and we're tempted with that, and we got We got to stop that temptation when it when it befalls us. Yeah. Right. So then also we look at that third temptation, mm -hmm. and this is the biggest one of all. Mm -hmm. He takes him and shows him all the nations of the world, all the kingdoms, and the devil says to Jesus, "If you bow down and worship me, I'm yep. going to give you all this. Bow down to me. It's all, all right. yours." Yep. We are tempted with that. With, with power, with glory, with us being gods all the time, all day long. We make decisions and we play like God in our lives sometimes when we're talking about things like 
contraception or abortion. We, we make life and death decisions that God should make. Right. Right. We do that all the time, and we're tempted with that, and we've got to do what Jesus did. We have to resist that and realize that we only worship God. Yep. Right? And that's what, and that's what Jesus told the devil. Right? So Jesus resisted all three of those temptations. How did he do it? He was prepared. Yep. Like the Boy Scouts. I don't know if Jesus was a Boy Scout. He would have made a great Boy Scout. But he was prepared. And how did he prepare? Fasted. He fasted. Yep. So we're going to talk about the power of the fast when we get back all right. right after this. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Born in the year 251 in Egypt, St. Anthony of the Desert rose to become the father of monasticism. He took these words of the gospel to heart. If you would be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor. As a young man of 20, he gave away his vast wealth and went to live in poverty and solitude in the desert. St. Anthony fasted on bread and water, only eating after sunset each day. The fasting strengthened him for the many spiritual assaults he would endure. Much like Christ's 40 days of fast in the desert, he was tortured by demonic spirits and tempted to great evil. But his strength and confidence in God never failed him. St. Anthony was known to have said, The devil is afraid of us when we pray and make sacrifices. He is also afraid when we are humble and good. He is especially afraid when we love Jesus very much. He runs away when we make the sign of the cross. Christ never abandoned him during these trials, but only made him stronger for his great vocation. St. Anthony's reputation began to grow, and he gathered many followers. He was known as a miraculous healer. He became a spiritual counselor to many and recommended a simple life based on the Gospels. He was finally convinced to found two separate monasteries and began a rule of life for monastic living. The monastery St. Anthony initiated were the first to be started and thus began the great tradition and history of monastic life in the church. These pioneering monks practiced prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, and lived a life apart from the world in constant reparation for their sins and the sins of others. It is said that two Greek philosophers once came to St. Anthony because of his reputation for wisdom. He told them, If you think me wise, become what I am, for we ought to imitate the good. Had I gone to you, I should have imitated you, But, since you have come to me, become what I am, for I am a Christian. St. Anthony lived until the ripe old age of 105 and died peacefully in a cave near the Red Sea. He is a great witness to the simple life of prayer and fasting we as Christians are called to live. St. Anthony of the Desert's Feast Day is celebrated by the Universal Church on January 17th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back, continuing to fast in the Catholic Cafe. That was a fast break. That's right. It was a fast break. (laughs) Very good. You're thinking fast. I I appreciate that. There you go. 
So Jesus prepared for the, the, the greatest temptation of all time. He did. He prepared for it by? Not eating for 40 right. days and 40 he nights. He fasted. So, you ever tried that? Uh, no. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm lucky to get through a day. <laughs> I am lucky on those two you, days. Me now, too. You know, we, we're creature comforts. It's, yeah. it's a struggle for us. Yeah. But it's good for us. It is good. So where's the power in that? Why is fasting a great way to accomplish things spiritually? Why is fasting a great prayer? Why is that? Why is it that giving something up, denying yourself of something, is a great way to accomplish things through God, right? And, you know, it's a simple concept. And this is the concept that you need to hear that we all need to understand and why we fast. Because when someone says to you, why do you Catholics fast? Mm -hmm. This is the answer. The answer is when I fast, I am consciously emptying myself, right? I am emptying myself of the things that I think that I rely upon, Mm -hmm. those physical things. Mm I am emptying myself of things of the world. I'm emptying myself of food, right? I'm emptying myself of pleasure. I'm emptying myself of the things that Give me, and I'm, if you could see me, I'm, I'm on the radio, right? So I'm doing my little fingers up there that give me comfort. <laughs> right. Quote, unquote, comfort. Yep. I am emptying myself of creature comforts, of created comforts, of the world's comforts. I'm emptying myself of that. So now, what am I? I'm empty. Now you can be filled. That's exactly right. I'm an empty shell. Right. And when I am filled with God... I can do anything. I think you have to you have to do that though. You have to do that in prayer, don't you think? Well, it's not just fast for right. Okay, you've right. got to do that with the with, the, with that firm purpose of fasting. Right. Right. When you know that I am emptying myself, right? right? If you're just going to go through life and you're going to give up chocolates and you don't really even like chocolate, right? <laughs> well, that doesn't make any sense, <laughs> right? You're there's there, you're not giving up anything. You're not emptying yourself. You're still quite full of yourself. Yeah, right of the of the things that you of the creature comforts that you've come to uh, right. to love right. and, and rely upon. But when you empty yourself of something that you care about, and you do it consciously, right. and you offer it as a prayer. Right. Oh, when you do then, that. Then you can be filled. Absolutely. In yep. fact, the Spirit will fill you. Yep. See, now you are emptying yourself of the world, and you are filled by God. And now God, you are an instrument. Yeah. You're a loaded weapon. You are ready to do God's will in the world. Yep. And all things are possible with God. Yep. We know that from Scripture, but we just know that from experience mm-hmm. that, again, when we rely on ourselves, when we, when we are our own masters, right. we get in trouble, don't we? Oh, yeah. But when we let God master us, yep. we truly become slaves to God, right? Then the whole world opens up. You know what's cool about that is it, it really is a radical thought. It, it's radical to our world. People want to live radically. That's, right. that's a great way to do that. Well, and think about this. Isn't that a cool thought? Jesus was a radical. Absolutely. In his day, he was a radical. Yeah. Everything he did, he got in trouble for. Yeah, yeah right? he did. And, and think in the last 30 or 40 years, what has advertising been telling us? Just do it. Oh, have yeah. it your way. Yeah. Right? Whatever you want, you can have it. Yeah. And we live in the most prosperous, biggest country in the world. You know, the yep. United States of America is the most prosperous. You know, when I say biggest, I mean... In terms of uh, financial, yeah, financial right. in, impact and, and on the world, yeah, and it gets taken for granted, and so we're so used to having things the way we want them, right? And humility is out the door, exactly. So we're used to having it our own way and just doing it, 
Yep. And so here's a countercultural, radical way to live now. Absolutely. It's to say, you know what? I'm going to take that fast, and I'm going to reinvest in that fast. Cool thought. So when someone comes up to you and says, uh, hey, Tom, what are you giving up for Lent? Chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Do you love chocolate, by the way? I actually don't. Okay, so don't give up chocolate. No, I won't. But, but the idea that we give something up. Right. It's not silly. It's not childish. No, it's really not. It's it's something that we need to do, and we don't have to do it just during Lent, but Lent is that special time of purification, that time of anticipation and waiting, right. that time of 40 days when we can actually prepare ourselves for the glories of the Easter sacraments, yeah. right? for the coming of Christ's resurrection and yeah. his, his victory over death, and, and we look forward to that, but we want to prepare ourselves by emptying ourselves. Absolutely. And so that's why the fast just it comes in handy. It's a very it's a it's a nice it's a nice thing to do to put us in that proper right. proper framework. Now a lot of people ask, do I just need to fast those two days? Well, that's the minimum. Right. You know, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday are the minimum days of fast for the Catholic. Right. But you can fast as much as you want. You can fast outside of Lent. You can fast any time you need to. If you want something special, you want a prayer for God. That, to, to, to intervene, to help, to, to, to come in and, and, and fix some problem you got in your life yeah. or for some special purpose, the fast is an awful, awfully wonderful way Absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. It's very powerful. It really is. It's, it's more than just a simple prayer, yep. more than a, a, than a pleading. Yep. It's almost like a lived prayer. It's a physical prayer. We're engaging our bodies in something that where, first of all, it's just our hearts and our minds in a prayer and maybe even our lips as we speak the prayer but now our entire body is engaged. Yep. Right? And so we get back to the theology of the body. John Paul II, blessed John Paul, told us about and, and preached about most of his life and this, this concept that our bodies are good and, and meant to be part of worship and, and part of glorifying God. Right. So we use our bodies in fast, and we use our bodies in prayer. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It is powerful. Speaking of power, mm-hmm. I want to mention something that a, that a priest told me about that's actually something that I've always held on to and I use this for a lot of people that think well fasting is kind of hard for me because well when I get home my wife's got the big dinner and or uh, you know I'm on a schedule I'm traveling a lot and I'm with business associates and I can't just I'm fasting and make a big to do of it I don't want to keep putting this in people's faces they're going to think who is this holy roller and what's he doing now yeah and there's a good thing that's called a power fast okay and and the power fast is kind of cool it's kind of a modern term obviously Uh, you would think about the power lunch and the power nap and all these right. things that executives would talk about. <laughs> well, this is like the power fast. Okay. And what we do in the power fast is we skip the breakfast, mm-hmm. we skip the lunch. Yeah. And we eat a normal dinner. Okay. So we have the one meal. You've done in the this? day. Oh, yeah. I've done it many times. Very good. It's very powerful. Mm-hmm. And the only way it's going to be powerful, by the way, though, is if you skip the lunch and you skip the breakfast on purpose. Well, that plus eat a normal dinner. Well, sometimes don't we'll, don't show up to the buffet. Well, I understand that, but but yeah. <laughs> but use the dinner as a reward, right? As as a reminder. So the the dinner is like Easter, yeah, and the, like a mini Easter, right? And the power fast, the the skipping the the breakfast and the lunch is kind of like Lent, yeah. But if you do it prayerfully and you do that purposefully, you know, by late afternoon, you're starting to feel it physically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you offer that. 
Yeah. That's that sort of redemptive suffering concept coming back to us as, as Catholics. And we unite that suffering with the suffering of Christ on the cross. And so now we're participation in the, participating in the world's salvation. Great idea. It's just it's an amazing thing, and you can do that it any time, and you don't have to make a big to-do of it, and you don't have to make a big right. whatever. And, and you just – Hey, hey, we're going out to lunch. To, we're going to Wendy's, whatever. It's like, well, you know, today I'm not. I'm, I'm. I got some work to do. Just stay in your office, whatever. Yeah. So just have that power fast. That's a great idea. And it's something that it's actually quite powerful. I'm not surprised you didn't come up with that idea. I did not come up with that. You're idea. You're not that sharp. No, no, it's not me. Right. It's not me. It was a great priest. And it was. It was during a, a, a confession I was doing it, and he gave that as a penance. And I thought, that's, that's cool. That's pretty powerful. And I started is. doing it, and I figured out that I could do it any time. Yeah, that's cool. And it's something that you don't have to announce to everybody, and it's not like this official day of fasting that the, that the church prescribes that right. we all have to do, right. which is good that we do that as a, as a universal church. Yeah. But it's also good that on our own, our own volition, that we invite God into our lives in various ways, whether it's prayer or almsgiving during Lent, but specifically in fasting. Yep. So we can fast an entire day, have a normal fast, or we can actually just do a power fast yeah. just to remind us that – that God is king, that we, that we worship God. We don't worship the devil. Right. And that's important for us to do, and we do that through that fast. So if you want to be prepared like the Boy Scouts tell us, if you want to spend that time <laughs> um, in life being prepared, the right. best way to prepare. In a radical way. That's exactly right, is to empty yourself. Yeah. To empty yourself. Go against what the world would tell you. Yeah. Empty yourself and so that you can be filled with God. Yeah, you, you'll be filled with God in a radical way as well. Absolutely. And then yep. great, great things will come to Absolutely. be in your life. And, and so I pray for everybody to have that, uh, have that opportunity. Right. Right. And so we do this in, in, in these, these disciplines we have in our body. When we do this in using our physical bodies in worship, it's powerful. Absolutely. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. I hope that's helped with the fasting. I'm going to try it. Uh, you'll be fine. I'm going to take those donuts away from you now. Dang it. He doesn't have donuts. I'm just messing. <laughs> There's no donuts before you right now. That's exactly right. It's empty. Well, Tom, I appreciate uh, uh, you fasting with me. Yes, sir. Uh, and uh, I hope you have a, a beautiful and blessed Lent. Thank you. You too. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Look upon your family, Lord, that through the chastening effects of bodily discipline, our minds may be radiant in your presence with the strength of our yearning for you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holley, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.